<laughs> we begin a uh, new series. I'll go ahead and say it. Uh, <laughs> uh, that we're calling Faithful to Finish. And if you weren't here with us, I uh, would encourage you to get the uh, message. You, you can go online, watch it, listen to it. You can, if you're in the house here in Branson, you can get a, a CD or DVD if you you want one. I know, uh, and the new cars don't even have CD players anymore, right? So, uh, uh, but we still we still have them. Uh, anyway, it won't cost you anything. But our text, if you'd look in Acts, the 20th chapter, Acts chapter 20, and I'm not planning on going long, but you know. (laughs) No, no guarantees, but... (laughs) but not planning on it. So Acts 20 and 22, uh, Paul said by the Spirit, he said, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save or except, I keep hearing this, the Holy Spirit is witnessing in every city saying that bonds and afflictions are abiding me, or they're they're waiting on me there. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear to myself, so that I might finish my course with joy, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. None of these things move me. I don't count my life dear to myself. One translation brought out, it said, uh, uh, I only want to complete my mission, the good news says, and finish the work that the Lord Jesus gave me to do. Uh, The new century says the most important thing is that I complete my mission, the work that the Lord Jesus gave me. Now, certainly this is true for a minister such as himself, but it's true for every child of God. And as we talked about last last Sunday, is it too early to be thinking about finishing up? No, no. We read the scriptures that he said, what is your life? It's, It's like a mist that appears for a little while and... With God, a thousand years is is like a day or like a watch in the night. It's like last night. And so compared to that, a hundred-year lifespan down here would be like a couple hours to him, the way we perceive time uh, compared to the way, and he sees it correctly. So if you're 50 years old and you made it to a hundred 120 is the approximate maximum we could expect to live, according to the scriptures. But you only got about an hour left. That's right. God time. Right. Now, you know, sometimes people laugh, but if you've been around a little while, uh, you know, we're about to have to start right in 2023. Oh, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And this church is already 10 years old. 
Branson's already 20 years old. Phyllis and I already been in the ministry 40 plus years. And uh, we were 22 when we started. And we, we thank God for that often. That we didn't wait till we were much older. Because time is so short, so brief, it goes by so quickly. So I'll ask you again, is it too early to be thinking about finishing up? How we're going to finish. It is not. In fact, if you're not thinking about it, you're behind. Because soon and very soon, you're going to be leaving here. If the Lord comes beforehand, well, praise God. But if he, if he tears his coming, his time, just a day or two, that's 2,000 years. That's too long for us. Right? And um, somebody said, well, what's he waiting on? The Bible tells you what he's waiting on. The precious fruit of the earth. He keeps giving more opportunity for more people to get saved and to come in. And so that's why only the Father knows that specific hour and uh, we we want him to come and, and we're supposed to believe for him to come and be ready for him to come but every day he doesn't uh, is an opportunity for more folks to come in Amen. it's because of his long suffering Amen. and his great mercies and so we want to uh, allow for that but we also you need to be ready to go uh, some hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty thousand people will die across the planet today. Hundred and sixty thousand or so. Almost every second, two people, two people left, two more people left. If you all across the globe. Well, that's just that's life. Uh, we, we should know we're not going to live like we're living down here indefinitely. Soon and very soon, two more, me and you. Oh, yeah. It was me and you that just left. <laughs> and some people go, ooh, I don't want to talk about that. Don't talk about it. Honey child, wake up. Get real, right? Yes. And, and so the thing is, why am I alive? Why am I here? What's going on? Is there a purpose? Do I have a place to get in? Do I have a race to run? A course to finish? Church, have you read the scriptures? Is there a course to finish? What did he just get through saying? None of these things move me. I don't count my life dear unto myself, but what? What's what's he saying? My, my, My purpose, my focus is what? That I may finish my course with joy. Everybody say, finish, finish. my course, my course. With, joy. with joy. Why don't you say it out loud just exactly what he said. Say, say it out loud. None of these things, of these things. Move, me. move me. And I don't count my life, count my life. dear to myself. Dear to myself. Now see, here, here's the thing. Wow. That has, that's the only way it works. Because if your life is too dear to yourself, you're not willing to sacrifice any part of it to finish the course. You'll save your life instead of finish the course. And that's what he was saying. He said, I keep hearing that there's rough times waiting on me. 
in Jerusalem. Being bound, you know, being incarcerated, bonds and afflictions. But that doesn't mean he's not going. Right? People say, well, hey, man, you know, save yourself. Don't go. And in fact, some of the people, some of his own folks tried to talk him out of it. And he said, no, no. I'm ready to die if that's what it takes to finish my course. Hmm? That means you're willing to sacrifice anything in this life to accomplish what he wants you to do. The purpose. Now, as you know, that's just not the case with many people, including many church-going people. It's just not the case. But if you want to have the greatest life, and if you want to have the greatest afterlife, and the greatest reward, and you want to have the greatest sense of accomplishment, and, and completion, and satisfaction, you have to find the course for your life, and you have to fill it, and you have to finish it. Hmm? I made up my mind some time ago, Phyllis and I have, we, we've set our face toward it. By the grace of God, I'm going to finish my course. How about anybody here? By, with His help? What do you mean? I'm going to run my entire race. Huh? I'm going to get to the finish line, stick out my chest, and, and hit the wire. Finish my course, and then get out of here. And the devil is not bigger than God. And his junk in this world is not bigger than God. I don't have to leave early or wrong with one of these stinking diseases or some kind of crime or some kind of accident. God's bigger than that. If I'll stay close to him, he'll keep me. I said he'll keep me. His angels will keep me. He'll heal me. He'll restore me. And I will make it all the way to the end. Finish my course with joy. Now, if you're just going to do your own thing in life, like the vast majority of the planet does, none of this applies to you. And you won't have God's full protection or provision because you'll be outside of the plan. And it won't be because he's mad at you or upset with you. It was your choice. Independent little sheep that break off from the herd, that do their own thing, get in trouble. Is that right? And are easy pickings for predators. And the Bible says the devil, he's going about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That means there's some he may not. Right? Uh, who, who are the ones he may not devour? It's the, <laughs> I see hands coming. <laughs> it's the ones that hang close to the shepherd and follow him. I say they follow him. And what you're doing is you're, you're on course and you're staying on course. And you will be kept, and you'll get all the way to the end. Said out loud that I may finish my course with joy. Go to Second Timothy.
the fourth chapter. Oh my, we're short on time today. Can you give me a little bit more? Can I take a little extra time today? You know, we did something extra. Elsewise, you're docking me for the stuff that went before. Second uh, Timothy 4 and 5. He said, Watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of your ministry. The BBE says, completing the work that you've been given to do. The complete Jewish Bible says, do everything your service to God requires. Verse 6, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. This is Paul at at the end of his life. You know, prayers get previews. And and if you you pray a lot and commune with God, you'll be aware of things. And you'll know when you're getting close to time to go. And you'll know when you're there. And you'll, you'll just be aware of a number of things. Not that you had a vision or heard a voice, but you, you just have that knowing on the inside of you. And he said, I'm, I'm ready. Don't you like the sound of this? Oh, yeah. wonder how many of the 160,000 leaving there today could say, I'm ready to go. I suspect many of them were thinking, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I thought I'd have more time. I'd... But they're leaving anyway. Which is why you need to stay Ready to go all the time. Did I lose somebody? Do you need to be ready to go right now? Right now. If your heart stopped, boom. In seconds, your spirit's going to leave your body. You're out of here. Are you ready? If you don't have faith in Jesus, you are not ready. And you won't go to heaven. It's something now people, so many funerals, you know, to hear people talk, everybody who dies goes to heaven. And it's just not true. It's not true. The only way you're ready is that you have given your heart and life to the Lord Jesus. You submit to his uh, lordship. And you believe with all your heart, you are fully persuaded that what he has done for you has saved you. That's, That's all you're counting on. Now, if you've done a lot of good works, you'll get reward for those works, but that's not what has saved you. And it can't save you. And if you're wondering, well, I don't know if I've done enough good works. Nobody has. It won't, you know, not doing enough good works is not going to keep you out. And doing enough good works is not going to get you in. That's why Jesus had to come. Because we couldn't do it. We couldn't make it by ourselves. And we don't know who's watching. We don't know who's... Been on the fence about this, but let's just everybody do it right now. Say it out loud. I've made my choice. I made my choice. And I have faith. And I have faith in God. In God. And in His Son. And in His Son. Jesus. Jesus. I believe. I believe. He came. He came. And died on the cross. And died on the cross. And paid the price. He paid the price. For all my sins. For all my sins. Every mistake. Every mistake. Every failure, failure. 
And he has saved me. I could not save myself. But he has redeemed me. And I received Jesus. As my Lord. As my Savior. He has saved me. Oh hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now if he is your Lord. And you mean business. You don't want him to only be your savior. You want him to be your Lord guiding you, directing you in control and order of your life. He will not be in control of your life unless you yield to him and seek him and follow him. But if we do, that's how you get on course. And that's how you stay on course and eventually finish your course. So if you, if you mean business about what we just did, because that's what the Bible said, Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you will uh, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. If you believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, you will be saved. Yes. How many believe the Bible? Yes. Then if you've done that, what? You will. You will be. You are. And in time to come through all the judgment and everything, you will be. Say, you talk about happy. When you see the mountains sliding into the ocean and the atmosphere rolling away like a scroll and the the elements of this planet melting with fervent heat and our star being no more and the great white throne judgment, you talk about a happy camper. You are going to be so happy that you know him and he knows you. Oh, hallelujah. And your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And all these, uh, you know, cussers and blasphemers and intellectuals and all the junk that they claim and say, it's going to be out the window. It's not going to be happening anymore. But for many, it'll be too late. And that's so sad. You can't control everybody, but you can uh, submit to him. And find and fill and finish your course. He said, I'm ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. Amen. Don't you like that? Don't you? Huh? I'm practicing on this myself. I, I have fought a good fight, if I do say so myself. I have, by his grace. I have I have finished my course I'm not leaving early with a bunch of stuff undone oh y'all gonna help me preach this I've kept the faith I didn't give it up I didn't go crazy and decide I ain't doing this anymore no I like what uh, you know when Jesus preached that message on uh, drink my blood eat my flesh it didn't go over People left him by the thousands that day and never came back. And so Jesus looked at the 12 and he said, are y'all leaving too? I like what Peter said. "Uh, Where would we go? Right? You got the words of eternal. Where would we go? That's me. I've heard preachers talk about, well, you know, I'm, I'm just fed up. I'm, I'm tired of all this and everybody's problems and, and all this stuff. I'm quitting the ministry. Not me. Where would I go? I mean, where would I go? I know without him, I am a flock 
I am a failure. I can't just do anything I want to do and be a grand success and then amount to anything. i got to stay with Him. Y'all with me or not? I, I've got to. i got to stay with Him or it just ain't going to work. So where would I go? Where would I go? I ain't going nowhere. I'm staying. How about you? How about you? I'm staying. And see, this is key to finishing your course. Is you just gotta just gotta stay on it. <laughs> uh, I know uh, brother John Osteen, who was a founder and pastor of the great uh, Lakewood Church there in Houston. His son Joel now, you know, is pastor of that great church. Somebody asked him. It was a large church before uh, Joel took it over. And somebody asked brother John one time, you know, after many years, how did y'all get so big? He said, uh, we didn't quit. <laughs> he said other churches rose up, blew up, blew over, quit, closed their doors, and we didn't quit. We just stayed, kept going, kept getting a little bigger, had a little up, a little this, a little that, but we didn't quit. We just stayed. Next thing you know, uh, those other folks came and joined us, and came and joined us, and came and joined us. Somebody said out loud, we didn't quit. We didn't, we didn't quit. We didn't quit. Same thing as we're not going anywhere. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. He's saying this at the very end of his life. I have kept the faith. And henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day. And not to me only. But to all them that love his appearing. Is that us too? Do, do we love his appearing? Can we fight a good fight? Can we finish our course? Can we keep the faith? That's what he says. So then there's, a, there's laid up for you a crown of righteousness. Hallelujah. That the Lord Jesus will give us at that day. Verse 9, he keeps saying, and I only saw this when we started on this series here, the contrast here. Man, the word is so rich. It's so wonderful and it's so perfect, all the connections. He said, I I would quit reading there when I was talking about this, but I shouldn't have. I should have kept reading. It said, do your diligence to come shortly to me. For Demas has forsaken me. Is, Is he talking about some of the same thing here? What's he talking about? Somebody who didn't finish their course. Demas has forsaken me. Why? Having loved this present world. And he's departed to Thessalonica. If you skip down to verse 16, he brings this up again. He said, at my first answer, no man stood with me. But all men forsook me. I pray God it may not be laid to their charge. Amen. Now, in, in talking about this wonderful phrase of him saying, I've, I've made it all the way to the end here. And I'm ready to go. I've kept the faith. I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. He mentions somebody who's been a part of his team. That decided not to. He said Demas has forsaken me. That, that can also be translated left me. It also can be translated deserted me. And 
The reason he did is because he loved this present world. This is the enemy of the plan of God. You know, when uh, Jesus talked to Peter after he had been raised from the dead and after Peter had denied him three times, do you remember in John he talked about this? He said, Peter, do you love me? And the first time he said, he said, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? And one reason that would have been said is because prior to him going to the cross, Peter had adamantly, publicly in front of the other guys, said that even if everybody left Jesus, he would not. And if everybody denied him, he would not. And yet... In the hour of trial and crisis, he did. He ran, all of them ran, and left the Lord, and then he denied he even knew him. But here's the here's good news. It wasn't the end for Peter. Oh, I don't know if y'all heard that or not. It wasn't the end for Peter. All the disciples, the Bible said they all forsook him temporarily. Thank the Lord it didn't last long. Even with Peter. And Peter stood out there and, and cursed and swore and, and, and said, I don't even know who he is. He didn't want to be associated with him. They, they were so shocked that this was happening. They never imagined that Jesus would actually let them take him and crucify him and that he would be killed like a criminal. That, that, that just, as we say, blew their minds. They just they couldn't, they couldn't fathom that. And so then they didn't know what to do. Because they, they were sure Jesus was the fulfillment of Scripture, which he is. They were sure he's the son of David. He's going to sit on the throne and restore the kingdom to Israel. They, that's what they're expecting. Not this. And that's when your faith is tried the most. When you don't understand. Is everybody awake? That's when your faith is tried the greatest. The trial of your faith is the greatest. Your trust is tried to the greatest degree when you don't understand. Which is why you, there will be allowed situations where you don't understand. And you say, well, if I, don't, if I can't understand it, how can I get through it? You trust God when you don't understand. You don't have to understand to trust Him. It's a choice. It's a decision. And you know those disciples did not understand that eat my flesh, drink my blood message. Right? Right? But when Jesus asked them, are you leaving too? Peter said, where would we go? They didn't leave. And that was the right move. And even when it all fell apart, and they really didn't understand, and they were scared for their own life, and they did all run away, and Peter did deny him after all of it. Jesus has raised from the dead. He's looking at Peter. <laughs> and he said, Peter, do you love me more than these? Then he asked him, you know, two more times, do you love me? And, and when he said yes, he said, well, then feed my lambs. Well, then feed my sheep. Well, then feed my sheep. And here's the thing we must understand. Love is more than words. 
Just because you say you love, that does not mean you do. And if you say, well, I know my own heart if I love him or not. No, you've got to listen to what he said about it. He said in John 14, 21 and 22, if you don't keep his commands, you don't love him. Now, see, the modern world doesn't like that. They're like, well, I know that I love him. No, what he said, not what I said, not what you said. He said, if you don't, the person who loves me, he said, will keep my commandments. But then the person who does not keep my commandments is the one who does not love me. So it's got to be more than lip service. It's got to be more than talk. Why did Demas, and I think we can assume, he did not finish his course? Why didn't he? Because he loved something else more. Can you see this? And this is the, the temptation. This is the pull. Go to 1 John 2 if you would. 1 John 2. Y'all said a little more time was okay? This seems like not a good place to just quit. 1 John 2, 15. What did he say? What did the scripture say? Don't love the world. Is there any, is there any need to say that? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This world has some pull, especially on your flesh. Your flesh didn't get, didn't get born again. You got the same flesh you had pre-new birth. It's exactly the same. And your flesh will be pulled on even to do wrong things, just like it was before you got saved. That's a fact. And it's also a fact that you can love something in this world more than you love God. And you can make a choice to follow that instead of follow Him. Millions are doing it in all kind of ways. One of the most common ones is loving your family more than you love God. That alone has taken millions away from fulfilling their course for God. Putting their families first. If your family's first, God is not first. Amen. Can't be. You can't serve two masters. And your own dreams, your own aspirations. And he, he, he lists three major areas that pull on you in the world. Don't love the world. Come on, say it out loud. Don't love the world. Why did Demas leave without question? After the ministry of Jesus, Paul's ministry is right up there somewhere, right? I mean, doesn't it have to be way high on the list of the greatest ministries in the earth ever? And Demas had a part in it. At one point, God, excuse me, Paul called Demas his fellow laborer, his fellow worker. He, he, he listed him with, the, with, with the, uh, Luke, the physician. He said, Luke and Demas are with me. He was part of his team. He, he was there. But at some point, Demas said, I want to party. You know, I want to do this. I want to do that. The allure of the world was calling his flesh. 
And what are we told? Don't love the world. Say it out loud. Don't love the world. Help your neighbor. Tell him. Say don't love the world. Why? Do we need to say that? Oh, we need to say it. Don't do it. Why? Because you can. If any man loves the world, what? The love of the Father, or for the Father, you could say for the Father is correct, is not in him. The two, you know, one's going to win out over the other. Keep reading, verse 16. For all that's in the world, the lust, now lust just means strong desire. Well, it just means desire. It can be slight desire to all-consuming desire. But the desire of the eyes. And the scripture said the eyes are never satisfied. Your eyes want to see stuff. Your eyes want to see stuff they hadn't seen before. Your eyes want to see it all. Your eyes want to see stuff you ain't got no business seeing. Are y'all awake or not? Huh? So what do we do? We just we just chafed at, chase after it and just say, okay, eyes, we're going to see everything. And the, lu- the lust of the flesh, rather, and the lust of the eyes. Your flesh wants to feel. It wants to feel. Y'all are quiet. <laughs> it wants to eat. It wants to drink. It wants to get high. It wants to fly. It wants to have sex with everybody. Everywhere. It wants to try everything. Your, your flesh. If you hadn't been having trouble with it, it's because you hadn't been feeding it. But the more you yield to it, just like the eyes of man are never satisfied, it'll always take more. Addictions are this way, right? A little bit of the drug or the drink would do it for you, but not anymore. You got to have twice as much, huh? And then twice as much, and then you're overdosed and dead. Or you you know, it, it's always more and more. Why? Because what's happening is people are trying to satisfy an inner hunger for God with natural things in the flesh, and that cannot happen. That'll never happen. And the pride of life, the pride of life is the showiness. Look at me. Wanting to be on the cover. <laughs> on the cover, want your name at the top, name on the door, name on the building, look at me, everybody know me, know about me, and be impressed with me. And go, whoo, look at him, look at her. And that's what people reach for in the world to satisfy what you want to see, to satisfy what you want to feel, to satisfy people being pressed with you. And that's what Demas left Paul for. This present world means this now, this now time. But what's it going to say? All of that is not of the Father, but it's of the world. Verse 17. And the world passes away. 
and the lust thereof, all of that will soon be over. All this looking, longing, lusting, drinking, drugging, sleeping around, partying around, trying to be seen, see and be seen. It's all going to be done very, very soon. And then what? Then nothing. But he that does the will of God, he abides, she abides, they remain forever. Hallelujah. If you're busy doing the will of God, instead of chasing the desires of your eyes and flesh and pride, then you are doing something that's going to last past this life. Hallelujah. You're not wasting your time and destroying everything around you. You are building and you will be rewarded. Can you say amen? Amen. Paul said, I'm I'm here. I'm I'm ready to go. He said, Demas left me. And he said, uh, when I first came over here, everybody left me. But he didn't quit. Just because everybody doesn't support you doesn't mean you got to quit. Right? And here we are talking about this uh, example all these centuries later. We're still going, man, that Paul did it right, didn't he? And he's enjoying that reward in heaven today. There's so much more, but for time's sake, can you come back next, next week? Stand on your feet, everybody.